Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Best Life Podcast. This is Danny J. And Jill Coleman. We are super pumped today because we've been on a tiny bit of a little uh, vacation here, but we're back and we are pumped because we have a ton of awesome episodes that are coming up for you guys. Danny is here in LA and we're recording a ton of stuff this week. Hopefully you're having an amazing uh, 4th of July week if you're in the States. Uh, We're doing a little vacation, but we're definitely going all in on the podcast. So what's been going on with you? Oh my God. I'm so excited to be back here in LA. And you guys, I just want to say like, Some of the best compliments we get is when you share the podcast episodes with other people. We still are getting messages from you saying, hey, I shared this with a friend who needed it. And I just want to let you know, we super appreciate it. We love getting your messages, your emails. If you want to email us, you can always email us at info at thebestlifepodcast.com. But just wanted to like give shout outs and thanks. And also, cool. we do, you know, we are doing a lot of kind of episodes with just quickie episodes with you and I. And so if people have ideas or even like ideas for guests or ideas for just things that they want to hear about or things that you want to know more about, definitely get in our Facebook group. That's where we're probably going to be the most accessible. It's uh, thebestlifepodcast.com. Takes you right to our closed Facebook group. It's a free group. You guys can jump in there, join the conversation. Tell us, just give us some ideas. If you have some preferences or something you're struggling with, we would love to hear that. And if we don't get to cover it on a podcast, we could definitely talk about it in the group. Yeah. And this is actually one of the topics we're going to talk about. Somebody, well, a couple of people have asked, what do you do when you outgrow uh, a relationship? And so we're going to talk about a lot of different ways, how that happens, who it happens to like outgrowing a spouse, outgrowing a friend, outgrowing a, a lot of different things. So that's kind of today's It's been really interesting. I've had a couple of clients recently and like literally in the last month, really struggling with this and not always with a spouse, But, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of people that I work with are becoming entrepreneurs, they're starting their businesses, they're going a different direction career wise, and they're getting a lot of people in their close circle, people they've been with friends with for 10, 15, 20 years, Mm -hmm. questioning them. And like, and I hate to hear it because a lot of times they're questioning them and also um, making them feel bad about their choice. And so they go, how am I supposed to make sense of this when I've been friends with this person for 20 years, we grew up together and now all of a sudden they're not supporting me in this new venture. And we, we see this all the time. You know, we've heard about this too, when it comes to like spouses too, and we'll get into that. But what do you think are some reasons that we might outgrow people? And first of all, like, I just want to kind of like blanket statement this. And I know we'll talk about this quite a bit throughout the, um, the episode. It's not a better or worse thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes, especially when we're excited about the thing that we're doing or we're excited about the path we're taking, whether it's personal development or introspection or uh, becoming an entrepreneur or having a family, we're excited about the direction that we're going in. So we feel like it might be better, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if this person could just read some books, then we could have these amazing conversations. And we tend to think it's like a better or worse thing. So I kind of want to remind all of us not to judge it, even though sometimes we want to, we want to be like, but this is better over here. Just come with me. And as much as we want those people to come with us, it's really not a worse choice to stay the same, even though maybe for us, it is a worse choice. Yeah. It's so funny. I actually had a little bit of this conversation. I have a client who's a hairdresser and she's doing a course called uh, workshop in a box and it's for hairdressers who are building their businesses. And she gets a lot of people who come to her, same thing. They feel like they're outgrowing their friends because now they're entrepreneurs 
numbers and they're doing something a little different. And one of the things that really comes across is that they feel the lack of support. Mm. And so I think that one of the expectations we have is that people our friends and the people closest to us will always support us. And when we start doing something different or showing that we're trying something new, suddenly it's like these walls go up and people feel suddenly unsupportive. And that feels like really, it can feel really hurtful. It can feel really like shocking because you think when you're doing something new that everyone's going to be on board and they're not. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? You know, like, you're like, how does this affect your life? Right? Like if anything. So what do you think is going on there? You know, I think people don't want to be left behind. And I also do believe that we feel as if we know, sometimes I feel like we know people better than they know themselves. Right? Like we think we know better for someone. Let's just say for parents, for example, you know, I know that my, my mom and dad have always had you know, my best interest in mind and same with yours. And like, we've talked about this in prior episodes of when we made decisions to maybe not do the path in school that they expected, it wasn't necessarily that they weren't supportive, but they thought that they maybe knew better for us. Sure. And so while at the time it felt like, well, geez, mom, thanks for not supporting me in my dreams of what I want to do. Yet you have to think about, well, your mom's probably looking at you going, well, I know, you know, I have more experience in life and, and what I'd like to see you is financially secure and stable. And so Well, I think that sometimes it feels really unsupportive. A lot of times it comes from a place of wanting to help or not wanting to see you get hurt or, or Or make wrong decisions, you know, and do you think that there is a part of that also that makes the person who doesn't want to be left behind, feel a little bit insecure about their choices. Like maybe you're doing something that you're excited about and they see your passion and they see that you're kind of living your dreams or you're pursuing your sense of purpose and they go, well, what it kind of maybe shines a spotlight on maybe the things in their life that they're not excited about or they, their insecurities. Definitely. I think that some of that can be going on too. Definitely. I think, you know, I have a, when I was personal training at a client who was, uh, she was turning 40 and that year she's like, I want to be in the best shape of my life the year I'm turning 40. So she hired me. We, she ended up losing about, um, 65 pounds. And when she was at her heaviest, all of her friends were encouraging her and they're like, yeah, hire a trainer and do this. And as she started to lose the weight, one of her best friends, they were, they were running together and her friend was like very fit. She was a marathon runner. She was very um, fit and thin. And she was really encouraging my client to get in shape. But as she started to lose weight, she started to get a lot of attention. Like, oh my gosh, you're looking so good. What are you doing? And suddenly the, the woman's best friend started canceling their run dates. And she told me, she'd come to the gym and she goes, I don't know what's going on with her, but you know, we were supposed to run together at eight o'clock and she canceled on me, but then I was driving and I saw her running and it was almost like she didn't want her friend to get too fit. It was almost like she got jealous of the attention she was getting and the weight loss that she had. So she didn't, the funny thing enough was my client still went out anyway. She went without her, but there was like this jealousy suddenly of the attention she was getting because she was having success. And even though at the initial, at the beginning, she really wanted her, it was almost one of those things where it, you know, things come, come up like that, where the person goes, well, I'm not getting that attention or I'm not getting that much validation from what I'm doing. So they, they can self-sabotage, they can sabotage, not self-sabotage, but sabotage you and what you're trying to do, Totally, which can be really hurtful to you when you see it. Cause you'd think this is my best friend. She was supportive of me and now she's not, but ultimately it's not about you. It's like shining the light what, on That's one stuff. of the hardest things I think is to remove yourself and go, okay, this is not about me. I think at a high level, sometimes it comes down to 
as humans, we are, I think, inherently a little bit fearful and we're scared of change. Mm -hmm. So if we have an established relationship, whether that's with a spouse, whether that's with a best friend, we like to compartmentalize. We go, okay, that's my overweight friend, Mm -hmm. right? And like, I know that if I'm somewhere with her, like I'm going to feel a bit better about myself because I'm the thin one or whatever that is, right? Which is kind of fucked up in and of itself. But maybe that's going on on a subconscious level and you're going, but now the roles are changing Mm -hmm. and that is uncomfortable for me. And I'm a little bit scared about what that means for me. Yeah. And so a spouse, we see this all the time, you know, and you and I work with a lot of women who are, you know, maybe second career people or their, or their children are now getting old enough that their kids are in school and they're coming to us and they're going, you know, I wish, I think I can be, I can get certified as a trainer. I can do online business. I can start a blog. And a lot of the spouses, not a lot, but maybe some of the spouses are going, but we had an arrangement mm-hmm. 10 years ago when we decided to have kids mm-hmm. that you're going to stay home mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the one who's making the money and you're going to be focusing on the family and taking care of the home life. Yep. So how dare you want to have someone come and cook and clean or, yeah. you know, and so the, so the spouses are sometimes maybe being a little bit disturbed by that change as well. And it's confusing for us because yeah. we're like, we're just doing what we want to do. Yeah. Right. It's that feeling of autonomy. I know for me and you, like it's, it's really hard when we feel as though we're trying to manage someone else's expectations for us. Yeah. And I think too, that one of the things we have to realize is that not everybody's going to give you 100% support in everything you do. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do what you want to do, but there is that whole idea that the people closest to us should support us. And it's like, who's to say that they should. In fact, to be honest, I think the people closest to you are probably going to give you the most resistance. And that's what, I think that's why it makes it so difficult and why we struggle so much internally is because we want the support. We want the approval. We don't want to leave people behind. And um, I actually had this conversation with that with the client who was doing workshop in a box, she said, you know, you see this a lot, uh, uh, with rappers, right? Like they want to take their, <laughs> they want to take their crew with them. Mm-hmm. So like they started from the bottom. Now they're here, right? They want to bring all of their friends from when they were back in the day and they didn't have any money and they lived on the streets or whatever. And now they're like living the high life and they want to bring all their friends with them. But ultimately those people that they brought don't have the skill set to really be at that level. And so sometimes I think that we really, we want to bring people with us, but it doesn't mean that they're ready to go with us. And mm. when it comes to personal development or levels of success, I think often we're just hoping that we could bring these people along, but they're not always ready to come along. They're not always ready to be there with you, um, to show you the support and to be able to, to be at the level that you're at if you are growing. And so unfortunately, sometimes you have to leave people behind and it's not to say you've got to cut everybody off who's not supporting you or who's not on your quote unquote team, but sometimes you do need to distance yourself or not spend as much time with those people, especially if it's affecting your dreams and your bottom line. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I love that, and it's so true because it reminds me of, I think it's okay that we have seasons in our life mm-hmm. where at times, depending on what we're doing, we're just going to be tighter with some people mm-hmm. and less tight with others. So for example, like in college, you know, you're with your, your or like you're in high school and college, like those are your, those are like your ride or dies. Right. And then all of a sudden maybe someone moves away after school or, you know, or someone decides to start a family and then, you know, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit that where we're at in our lives mm-hmm. right now, having been divorced, kind of like mid thirties going like dating, like there's not that there's not, there's more people 
with families and, you know, and th- that kind of thing now than there are doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our friends are entrepreneurs. They are either single or childless. They yeah. are, or what is it? Child free. I forget the one you're supposed yeah. to say. I don't know. Childless or child free anyway. <laughs> and so I think it depends on like, you know, where you are life choice wise mm-hmm. too, value system wise. So it can be a career choice entrepreneur versus maybe more traditional way of working value system wise. It can be like, you know, is it a, re- a religious thing? Like yeah. you decide to go in a different direction, like political, you know, a lot of those kind of things, value system wise, maybe you just go, wow, we just don't match up like we used to. It feels harder to talk to the person. And we'll talk about how, how to deal with this and how to like, should you judge it and stuff like that? Kids versus not. I think a lot of moms just go like, well, it's easier because I'm around where the kids are at. There's just other moms. So maybe they have friends that don't have children. It's harder. It's a little bit harder to relate. It's a little bit hard to keep up with them. And then you have kind of the personal development introspection space, which is sometimes we think about outgrowing people. That's where we automatically go to, especially in our space. We're like, well, I'm reading the books and you know, my spouse or my partner isn't doing the work. And if they just did the work, then we could have, you know, then we could be like together, we get this power couple, you know, and I think it's okay to just go, there are seasons. And I think sometimes we feel really sad when those seasons end. So how do you handle that? If like, you're going, Hey, I'm just not lining up with this person. Like I used to, What's your process? Well, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought up these different scenarios because it made me instantly think about my best friend from high school, like through elementary school, really. We met in sixth grade. We went to gymnastics together. She was, I was, um, bridesmaid in her wedding. She was in mine. I mean, in all intents and purposes, I would say she's my best friend, but I haven't talked to her in months and maybe over a year. And my mom actually ran into her at the movie theater the other day and she didn't even text me to let me know, but she got married pretty young. And she's got three kids, one in high school, one in middle school, and one in elementary school. And so we are in very different points in our lives. And I know you have a friend like this as well mm-hmm. that you grew up with and, and you would consider your best friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember a time where I was really sad about it. I felt like I really lost my friend, especially right when she first had her babies, because I would go out with her and maybe the baby was there. And so I'd be trying to talk to her and I felt like she was distracted talking to me. Like she'd be tending the baby. Understandably. Which totally, yeah, which was totally understandable. And at the same time, I felt like, I felt like, you know, I'm not going to be here if I can't, you know, be able to be with her. I couldn't, I couldn't have a full conversation with her. And of course I wouldn't have expected her to do anything different, but it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit sad for me, but then I, I really got to a place where I realized we're just in different places and it's okay. Because when we did, when, when she got through the, like the baby stage, and I think that really happened with the first. And then once she got to the third, she was a little more uh, flexible with not really worrying about every second, (laughs) but you know, we could always go back to our old ways. Like we, we had that kind of friendship where no matter how long has passed, I know when I talk to her, like we can still go back, we can still talk about our families. I ask her about her, you know, parents and, and she asked me about mine, but I had to be okay with the change, you know, and I think you can get to a little place where you can mourn it. But the fact of the matter is I wouldn't have wanted to change my whole life to match up to her. So we could just stay the same. I've been able to experience so many things and she's been able to experience so many things. We just have had different experiences and yeah, I'm curious about you because I know you've got that kind of friendship as well. And we've, you've had other experiences. Yeah, too. I've had, I've had a kind of, I mean, I'm, I definitely, I will be the first to admit I'm not the best at keeping up with people, period. That's just mm-hmm. not my skill set. Some people are so amazing at that. They send cards. They send like literally probably 90% of my friends know that if they didn't reach out to me, like probably we wouldn't talk for at least, it would probably take me a good like six months mm-hmm. to like finally reach out mm-hmm. and, you know, cause I'm just doing my thing. And so I think, 
for me, I love that you said that, like, you do have to kind of mourn it. You have to maybe mourn, you know, and it's the same thing about like leaving a relationship or getting divorced. It's like you mourn what could be, or you mourn the, or you just look back on it. It's kind of bittersweet. You're like, I love that period in time to me, mourning it, but also celebrating it and going, gee, and, and being grateful for it. You know, you and I talked about this a little bit where we're, what we're experiencing now as much as like both of us love it, we're probably not going to always have this, right? We're going to be, we're going to move away. Things are going to change, you know, like relationships change. And it doesn't mean that. And so for me, I'm more about, let's just be like amazingly grateful for how we're connecting right now. Yep. And knowing that it's probably going to be impermanent. It doesn't mean that. And and I don't think it has to be bad. I think a lot of us feel a lot of guilt over maybe moving away or something changes and I, I talk to women all the time who are like, I just feel so bad. I haven't called her. And I'm like, but has she called you? Yeah. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so don't feel so guilty about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Like obviously both of you are experiencing this yep. separately, yep. which brings me to the next question for you, which is, do you talk about it with a person? Like, do you have a conversation? How much of this transition do you need to communicate or not? Yeah, I think it depends. You know, so Jill and I were in Cabo a few weeks ago and we did kind of talk about this. We were like, (laughs) we were all emotional and I was crying and we were like, it's not going to be like this forever. And we understand that. And I think that I could tell the growth for myself because that my best friend, I was really upset in my early twenties about losing that relationship or having it grow apart. And I felt like we needed to have a conversation, but we didn't. And to where I'm at today, I don't necessarily feel like it's necessary, but it does depend on the relationship. So obviously if it's with a spouse, there needs to be some kind of conversation of what you feel like is happening, how it's affecting you, um, how you see the relationship going forward with different friendships. It's not always necessarily a conversation that needs to have. I think sometimes things can drift apart and come together naturally. Like there's just a weaving in and out. Um, I think it just is a matter of how much it's affecting you and mm-hmm. how much you maybe have seen a big change and if it helps you to get it off your chest. You know, I, I think sometimes we do make assumptions about people. Like I know I made assumptions about her that maybe she cared more about other people and didn't care about me, but probably just didn't think about it. She's busy with her life. And now for the most part, like how you said, you don't, um, you don't reach out to people. I'm sure some of your friends could be like, dang, Jill just doesn't care about our friendship, which wouldn't be the case. It's just that it's just not one of your skill sets. Right. Well, and that's been like self-selecting too. people yeah. who think that about me. We're just not friends anymore. Cause they don't understand me and, yeah. and it's okay. Like I understand, I totally get why they would see it that way. They yep. could totally take it. Like Jill doesn't care about me. She doesn't keep up with me. She doesn't, you know, she's a terrible friend. She doesn't send cards. Yeah. But the people that are in my life and the people that are closest to me know how I am. Yeah. And you know, and they're gracious with that stuff and they don't have to be like, if someone's like, Hey, I need to have a best friend that's going to talk to me every single week. And we got to text as many times. And if that's your role, right. Then like, cool, probably naturally it's not going to be a fit, Yeah, you know? And so what would you do if you did have a friend who you didn't really feel like you were connecting with anymore or a person in your life that you didn't feel like you were connecting with? Like if you go to hang out, like you said, they're just not quite connecting, but they always want to, they're always approaching you to hang out. They're always like wanting to be, they're always like pushing it. And you're like, I just don't want to spend my time. Cause we know someone very close to us who's experiencing this with, with an old friend yeah, and he is wanting to kind of sever the relationship, but he has this friend who's constantly wanting to hang out, constantly want to hang out, constantly want to hang out. What conversation needs to be had, if any there? Man. And how do you say that? I mean, I'm thinking about this cause I'm, I feel like it happens a lot with, since I'm dating with these guys, <laughs> they're like, I want to hang out. I feel like we have a connection. I'm like, no, 
Um, you know, it's, it's a tricky one. I, you know, my, my go-to, which isn't the best is to say that I'm busy. And this was my initial thing. Right. And I remember we had this conversation back when my ex was trying to get back with me. My, my initial thought was just like, keep saying I'm busy and just like avoid, but ultimately that would give him the idea that I did want to see him. I was just too busy. So then he'd constantly go, well, what about this time? What about this time? And so uh, it actually was a big step for me to just be honest and say, Hey, I actually just would rather be alone tonight, or I don't want to see you. And while it was kind of cringy for me to say it because it was like the truth and the honest truth, it was the most respectful to him and to me because then it kept, then I didn't have to keep coming up with excuses all the dang time. So I How think- do you do it in a way so the other person can maybe understand? I mean, obviously we can never control if someone's going to take it personally, yeah. but tell them in a very like just matter of fact way. Yeah. I think you, you obviously you do have to recognize that they could take it the wrong way and that's- that's just a, a risk you have to take. But if you take responsibility for your own stuff, like, Hey, I just really don't want to go out right now. Like you don't have to turn it on them. Like, Hey, I really don't like your personality and you're a horrible person. You know, you just make it about you. Right. Ultimately. I think that's, that's how it has to go is I'd really rather stay in by myself tonight. I'd really rather just be alone. I'd really just, I'm not interested in Could you say something like, I'm just not really feeling like as connected as I once did. And that of course will open up a can of worms. Like say it's with a good girlfriend and you're like, I'm just not feeling. Would you? You know, I think that I probably would. I think I probably would if it didn't work itself out naturally. Yeah. I think I would probably be like, Hey, so this is what's going on with me a little bit, especially if it was more of like an entrepreneurial thing or maybe a value system thing. Mm -hmm. I would say like, you know, for whatever reason, I don't, I'm not feeling like we're connecting like we used to. And I don't know why that is. And I don't think you're doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't think I'm, I don't think either one of us are doing anything wrong. It's not right or wrong. But like, for some reason I'm having a hard time like getting excited to like, to like to do the thing or to like, I just kind of feel like we're moving in different directions. Yeah. And, you know, they might take it personally, but hopefully if they're like introspective enough, they might be like, I get that. Yeah. I think there's always a risk because people are going to take it. Like, what are you saying? I'm they're, they're going to feel rejected, right? Sure. They're going to feel rejected. They're going to feel like you think you're better than. Sure. And so I think with these kinds of scenarios, it is extremely important not to come off self-righteous. Yeah. And the nature of personal development work. Mm-hmm. I know for me, this was the the 1.0, like first step of personal development work was like, I was just like, this is so amazing because I was having so many transformations all the time. I was like, mindset work is the best. And I was looking at these people going like, oh my God, if they just read Byron Katie, they, just read, they yeah. just read the four agreements, if they just you know read this book or watched this. And I remember feeling like wanting to be evangelistic about it, yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm kind of embarrassed even admitting that. But I think you think, wow, I've had so many amazing insights and uh, transformations that if they just did, they could be so much happier. Yeah. And then it goes to... Is it my job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it my job? Jill's favorite. To quote. yeah, is it my job to bring them along? And so, do you feel like how do you do that? Do you want people to? Because we don't want to leave people behind. We're like, if they could just catch up, we could just show them the way. Is it our job? It's not our job. I mean, I love I love how you put that and how you would say it to somebody. I think that you. I mean, I know that you're so diplomatic about it, and it's as a like former people pleaser myself. It's it's a hard tendency so hard. to not want to just go. 
I'm just so busy. I'm sorry. Like, I want to hang out with you, but I can't. And really, you're like, I really don't want to hang out with you. And like, you know, you know, I mean, and it's, it might be true. You might be really busy, but ultimately, you know, if it was a priority, you would make it a priority. Totally. You know, if there was somebody else that you did really want to hang out with, you would hang out with them. So to be really honest can be tricky. And I'm going to challenge the people who like me, maybe are people pleaser and want to say the right thing and not hurt people's feelings is it's not about the feelings. It's about how you feel and it's about setting the boundaries and it's about just being clear so that you don't have to keep making up excuses well, all the time. To me, if you're honest with someone about that, it hurts in the moment. It can hurt in the moment. Yeah. Extremely hurt. And, and you know, probably you and I would be hurt too. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying I have it all figured out. And my immediate response would be to feel hurt and rejected. And then I think I would be grateful for the honesty mm -hmm. and I would be maybe confused because I wouldn't feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we kind of deal with this with dating. Sometimes we'll ha like be on a date with someone and they're like, this was the most amazing date. I feel so connected. And we're like, uh, are we on the same date? Like, <laughs> right. and so yeah. you have to maybe have the conversation of like, I didn't really feel a, a, like a, an amazing connection, but yep. like you're an awesome person. Sounds like you're doing really cool stuff. Like, you know, good luck to you. And, yep. and it sounds so clinical, you know, and it is, it's tough, but I, to I think that honesty is one of those things that it's like, it's like ripping a bandaid off. And I've talked about this quite a bit is like in the moment it is so hard, but the person normally 99% of the time will feel so grateful that I did. I broke up with a dude last year. We were dating for like a month or so. And I called him up and I told him the truth. Mm -hmm. I said, I actually started seeing someone else. Yep. And you know, you're a great guy. I don't, but I don't want to continue this. And he, he was upset. And then he called me back later and said, you know, I just really want to say thank you for being honest. Yeah. You know, and so it is, it's so hard, but honesty is it's such a gift yep, it to is. someone and then allow for them to have the full experience of what that means for them. Yep. And it's so scary because you want to control their response. Okay. So speaking of relationships and that, what do you do when you feel like you're outgrowing your spouse? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you're doing personal development work. Um, you're reading books, you're going to conferences, you're going to workshops and you feel like, Maybe you're just, you're really into that personal development world and your spouse, you feel like they're just not growing. You know, maybe yep. they're not seeing things the same way. Maybe it like your, your views have changed. Maybe your spiritual views have changed and they're just like, yeah, I don't know about this stuff. How do you deal with that? So first question is, do they have to change? I don't think that they do. Mm -hmm. However, it definitely affects the, uh, I think it can affect the joy and the fulfillment you receive from the relationship because you want to talk about certain things and they're not available for that because they haven't made the same choices that you have. So my first probably go-to step would go, okay, maybe we don't connect on this, but are there other ways that we connect that bring me joy that, you know, maybe we don't talk about personal development and mindset, but we laugh our asses off together and we like to work out together and we, you know, we're raising the kids together and you have to evaluate and for me, you have to go, is there still something here that brings me joy? And then I derive a sense of like love and I don't want to lose this because it's so important to me. And can I be grateful for the ways in which we do connect? Yeah. That's the first question. Second question is if this person is unwilling to come with me, like either, what does that mean? Like, is that just, is that a non-negotiable for you? You mm -hmm. need someone who's on the same level mindset wise, mm -hmm. or can you find other people and diversify your support team? Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the things that maybe Jade and I wasn't a mistake, but I think something that I wish we had done earlier 
was diversify our, who we, we had in our support system. So yeah. for me, it was like, Jade was my mentor. He was my best friend. He was my lover. He was my you know business partner and yeah. coach. Like, and so, and not that I wanted it to be any different in the moment, but that's too many things to rely on one person for. Mm-hmm. And so, and I even remember in personal development stuff, we were so aligned on all these things. And even personal development wise, I felt like I was kind of getting ahead a little bit because mm-hmm. I was diving into books and he was kind of like, you know, he was in the middle of his affair that I didn't know. Like, so it was like, yep. we just weren't on the same page. So I think I wish that I had found girlfriends that I could talk to you about some of the stuff and yep. diversify some of that. Maybe a, a, maybe a business coach versus talking to him about business, about yep. everything. And I think it's okay to go like, what do I really want for my partner? Yeah. Do I need to have this like super highly intellectual connection? Or is it just like, we're going to laugh and we're going to have amazing sex and we're going to raise the kids together. And we're going to do like, and just decide what you need from a partner. And I think that's sometimes hard. I remember when we were in Mexico, Philip McKernan, he's a, like a coach and he was coaching us. And he said that there was a time he was doing all this high level work, working with people and his wife wasn't really coming along. And he made the decision to kind of just like leave her be in a way. And he said, well, well, it bothered him a little bit after he kept going in on his own path that she finally saw that and decided she needed to do something and she started to do her own work and catch up. So it was almost like the lead by example, but I feel like when you're nagging and when you're begging, it never works. And I can't speak for anyone. And and I think who knows what the outcome would have been if she did not choose to catch up with him or try to get on that path. But you know, he did make a big point because we were all in this, this thing together. And he's like, you're going to go home and possibly have friends who weren't in this weekend with us. And they're not going to see what you just saw. And they're not going to have the experience you just had. And it's so hard when you have, you feel like you have these light bulb moments go off and you want people to have this experience and you try to explain it. It's just not the same. It's like you ate a delicious pizza and you're trying to explain somebody what it tastes like. You're like, no, you just need to eat the pizza. (laughs) So I think that, you know, we can lead by example a lot, And that very often the person, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they might see your changes, but they're going to want to grow by seeing you lead by example more so than you nagging them and wanting them to read the books that you read or do the things. Yep. I had in my notes here, like be an example and never force it. It is. It's hard because you want to. And so what do you do with if, okay, there's like the spouse who doesn't come along for the ride cool, let's figure that out. Mm -hmm. But then there's maybe the, I don't want to say spouse, I want to say partner. Then maybe there's the partner who is actively maybe putting you down or Mm. making you feel insecure or saying you can't do it or that you're not like, maybe that like sort of, is there something that you, like, what would you do differently there? Is that like, like, when do you just go, you know what, this is just not, I got to move on from this. That's such a tough one. You know, especially when, and I'm thinking back to being personal trainer and, and weight loss, you know, there's clients that I've had, or even that I've had seen, we, uh, we, Nate and I used to work with people who were doing weight loss surgery, like the stomach stuff. And these clients would come in and they, their, uh, doctor sent them to work with us and after they had weight loss surgery, so they were losing weight, not just because they were working with us because they had the surgery and a lot of their marriages would fall apart after because kind of like you said, like the fat friend that the spouse was used to their, their partner looking a certain way. And now suddenly they thought maybe they're getting attention from men or women that they weren't getting before. And they started to sabotage them on purpose, or they would call them names, like just kind of things that were really uh, unsettling. I think if it comes to a place where there's straight up just abuse or like negativity and calling names, that's not okay. And there really needs to be either a a 
strong conversation had between the two of you or even like counseling to, to have like a part, a third party on the outside, see what's going on because there's no reason to put up with abuse or someone who's like putting you down by calling you names or being extra negative because you're trying to look better, uh, grow, do a business, any of these things. So ultimately I think you have to really look at that. I, I don't think you should stop what you're doing but it may need to get to a place where like you bring another person in and like have some counseling about that. Yeah. It's so hard because I think there is that, at least for me, like I always used to go like ask why, why would someone do that? Why Mm -hmm. would someone, it's like so confusing because a lot of times we would never do that. Mm -hmm. And so when we're kind of blindsided by someone who's not supportive or a spouse who doesn't get it and, and is actively trying, like talking negatively, about what we're trying to do, it can be so blindsiding Mm -hmm. because you're like, why would they ever do that? I would never do that to them. And one of my, uh, like one of my spiritual coaches early, like a few years ago, he said, you never have to ask why someone does something. They do it because they do it Mm because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah. So it doesn't mean they can't change, but to your point, is it our job to try to understand that? I think we want to, we want to understand that I would never do that. And so, yeah, when it comes to, you know, partner, I think it's a little bit tougher. I do think you have to have, I love that you mentioned about bringing in, like going to a counselor or bringing in someone to be a moderator for that, to just who can be objective and can go like, what is really the best course of action for the relationship? You know, you want two different things, neither one of which are optimal for both people. So what is the new reality of the relationship? What does it look like? Is it together? Is it not together? Is it, what are the boundaries here? And so I love this conversation because I think that there are so many different nuances. And ultimately one of the hardest things to learn is that it's not about you and that it's not like if you're getting that negative feedback, you can't do anything different. It's not your job to manage someone else's feelings or insecurities around what you're doing and, or where you're moving and the direction you're moving. And also on the flip side of that, if you feel yourself being triggered by someone in your life, doing something different, right? Having a family, starting a business, moving away, you're going to get that initial emotional trigger of like, but no, it's amazing. Stay here. Don't do that. How do you check yourself? You know, I think it's important to remember that we are supposed to grow, right? So if I was mad because you left first grade and I'm still like, I'm not, we're not supposed to stay in first grade. We're supposed to go into the next grade and we're supposed to go into graduate high school. And it's funny that once we become adults, we assume that we're just supposed to like somehow at one point or another, we're just supposed to stop and be the same as everybody. And that's just ridiculous. You know, I think Jim Rohn said something about the reason they make the, uh, the chair is so small in elementary school. So you can't still sit in them when you're an adult. That's cute. So you have to realize that when people outside you are doing something new, they're supposed to, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And if they are growing and it might shine a light on what you haven't done, of course, you're going to have that human reaction of maybe jealousy or like being upset that they're doing something that you're not or not bringing you along is taking a hard look at yourself and going, what can I start focusing on in my life? Or what can I start changing or doing differently? Maybe there is something that's been kind of pulling at me or something I wanted to learn or a place I wanted to go and just start focusing on that. Because when you're obsessed with your own stuff, and I know like you talk about this a lot, when you get obsessed with your own shit, you're too busy to worry about other people's. 
And I think we do need to realize that it is our job to continually grow. We're not supposed to still be in the first grade seats. And I ask myself, like, if I truly love someone, like, so I'll give it, I'll give you guys a, a super simple example. So, uh, the last couple of years, Danny and I have both lived here in LA. And then in January, she was like, I need to, I'm going to move to uh, Vegas. I'm going to be traveling for a while. I'm going to do this thing. And like, I simultaneously had this like very like sadness of like, Oh, you know, we're not going to be like seeing each other every day. We're not going to be do it. It's not gonna be as easy. Yeah. I had that like sadness of like things are changing, but at the exact same time, I was like, this is someone who I love and I want them to do exactly what they need to do for them. And so that's one of the hardest things. And I just go, if I truly love someone, like literally I want them to do exactly what they need to do for them, even if it doesn't include me. And that's always my check. I'm always like, okay, even if it's like a real, even if it's a a romantic relationship, it's so fucking hard. Yeah. But I think it's possible to hold both at the same time to go like, I'm sad. This is bittersweet. I'm disappointed. But at the same time, this is my fucking friend or this is someone I care about and I love and I want to see them do exactly what they need to do because that's where they fucking need to be. Yep. And I think it's okay to have both of those responses. Yeah. It's like, it's like Kelsey, our, um, Jill's brother's girlfriend love her to death. She was like part of our crew. Like we had this group of four, right. And she got this opportunity to uh, be on a tour for a year and man, it was like so hard. We didn't want to see her leave. We missed her, but we were like, you have to go, you have to do this. And it's just, it was one of those things that could probably trigger a lot of people going, wow, she's doing something really amazing and I'm not, but it can also be like, Hey, she's doing something fantastic and she needs to do it. It's like, it would be selfish of us to go stay here because we love seeing you every day. So selfish. But a lot of people feel that way. And unfortunately, you know, it happens a lot, but we have to realize like life is way too short. Life is is way too short. We cannot uh, worry about leaving people behind who choose to stay behind or choose to feel behind. And it's also not our job to drag people with us. Totally. So we can't drag a dead body. (laughs) You know, it really comes down to me, like how much do you trust yourself to be okay? A lot to like go it alone or to go without that person that was your safety net or your security blanket. Like, do you trust yourself enough that if things change that you can fucking handle it? Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about self-trust quite a bit. And I think it really does come down to what, whatever the situation is, do you trust yourself without that person in your life? Will you still be okay? And in my experience, you will be. It's not always fun. It's definitely going to be sucky for a time. But if you trust yourself enough, you're going to, it's going to be a new reality. Yep. And you're going to go, wow. You're going to look back and go, wow, I can't believe I was holding on so tightly to that thing. <laughs> that thing was amazing. And I'm grateful for the time that we had. Yep. But to drag it out and to make someone feel a certain way because I need to stay safe or because yep. I need things to be okay, that's fucking selfish. Yep. Yep. It is. I love this conversation. This is such a good one. So hopefully, I know it's nuanced, you guys, but hopefully you've gotten some takeaways. Just maybe do a little bit of homework for yourself. Take out a piece of paper, like write down if there is someone, because I think all of us have like one person probably, yeah. who's our, the relationship with them where a little bit it just feels a little squirrely. Yep. Like there's maybe some things that are unsaid or maybe you're just feeling a little bit like you're feeling guilty over it or you're feeling like, you know, there might need to be a little bit of communication there, a little bit of honest communication. What is the next step for that? Because I know that feeling of anxiety when you think you haven't said the things or you're yep. feeling like, oh, like I'm like a little bit nervous to tell this person or you have those things. So I know probably all of us have, you know, what is the thing? And then what would you be okay with being an outcome? What outcomes would you be okay with? And what can you be grateful for? Maybe you're like, I'm grateful for the... 15 years of amazing friendship I have with this person. And I know that this is life and things are going to change. And I'm grateful for the ability to change or whatever that is. So I think doing your gratitudes, putting things in perspective and deciding what outcomes you can really live with. Love it. It's a good practice. Yeah. We would love to hear your guys' thoughts in the Facebook group. And again, thank you. If you guys could share this episode, if you loved it, 
Um, leave us a review if you haven't. We love reading those reviews. And make sure you're subscribed. And we will see you the next time. The next time. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good night. Bye.